When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. We're back here on the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. It's post-NFL draft, but perhaps more importantly, we're recording on Jason's birthday. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> this is Jason. Thanks, Frosty. Actually yeah. still speaking, right? This is you? This is me, yeah. I People don't know this. So Jason, very lovable guy, very huggable guy on his birthday. Mm-hmm. But you do something on your birthday for the whole week that I think a lot of people don't really understand. So anything special this week for birthday week? Uh, I, I, am, I am concluding birthday week upon my birthday. It's the week leading up. And no, we did not do anything special. I had um, a lot of my family out of town this week, so I just kind of got to watch the draft more than usual. Well, congrats to you. You're, you know, a young 41, um, and you're doing great. You're doing great. But this is a jam-packed show. We're doing a rookie mock draft. It's me, Kyle, it's Jason, it's Mike, and Betts, all four of us. The biggest, the biggest dynasty episode yet. Bets, you probably have to be feeling the best after the draft as an Eagles fan. Are you still levitating? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It's Howie's world. Everyone else is just living in it. Um, it's fun, man. It's it's a fun couple of years. And what's funny is last year, during the NFL draft, there was a lot of uncertainty about what Philly was going to do. Is hurts the guy? Is hurts not the guy? And then they traded for AJ freaking Brown. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is fun. And so following it up two years in a row with that, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, what do you say then? to the rumor mill that had the Eagles almost signing Allen Robinson big mm-hmm. and mm. then LA would they LA and Cooper Cup they swooped in at the last minute 
through the huge amount of money at Robinson, and he ends up going to be uh, to the LA Rams because, like, you follow the 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 dominoes. That's what led to AJ Brown being on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's that is how good of a GM Howie is right now. What a now. dummy! What His, a dummy! He he just backs in <laughs> to great things. Yeah, he backed into these picks too. I mean, obviously he, he traded up one spot <laughs> to the nine for Jalen Carter, but he didn't do anything but just make the right pick that fell to him at thirty. And uh, yeah, hey, in, in today's NFL, man, that's all it takes. Like you just let these other guys make mistakes. Like in your dynasty rookie draft, you let these other guys make mistakes. Oh, you just take the players that That's a you. professional. And we uh, we win some championships, boys. I mean, so on the show, we're going to be walking through the first two rounds, giving some of our takes. You guys have been working through your rookie rankings, your dynasty startup rankings, your super flex rankings. We'll, we'll talk about that whole process. You can get all of those in the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus. Guys, this is like go time for us as a company to really work through every single team. You guys are about to start statting out everybody. So I'm just going to say for Mike and Jason here, this part of the process, the draft is over. What's your favorite part of just putting the grind to Ultimate Draft Kit Plus? Ooh, my favorite part is uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go a two for here. Number one, the numbers. I mean, numbers do lie. We know that, but I'm going to go with the old, uh, the old adage of numbers don't lie. We get very surprised when we put our stats in and find certain players ranked away because in your heart you're like, well, no, this player. That's a superstar. They have to be ranked real high. And then you find out they aren't ranked nearly as, as high as you are. And then it's really getting into the cracks of the teams and finding the opportunity for newer players or secondary players to take that step. Because that's that's more where, to me, where fantasy championships are won. It's, it's finding those guys that, that you're like making the proclamation that player X by the end of the year is going to be a top 24 player like that's ridiculous how can you possibly say that about that player and yet every single year we have we have players sneak into the top 24 and those are on the the championship winning rosters yeah when we're grinding all the data to create the ultimate draft kit it, it's it's the stuff that is revealed to us that we weren't trying to do that is always the most fun part it is oftentimes uh, things that you thought your drag-and-drop style rankings would disagree with, or you're working through certain teams, certain depth charts. You're looking at their tendencies, the coaching change, the, uh, the, the transformation of a certain team from running to passing, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my goodness, this player's opportunity is outrageous. And I didn't realize that because, you know, when you're just drag-and-dropping – casual rankings and saying I like this guy more I follow football I kind of like this um you don't get those same realizations so strongly so you know locked in stone where it's like this player's opportunity is clear the path is awesome I remember a player last year Jason that in our ranks you just buried this player and it wasn't because you hated the talent but Deontay Johnson you looked at the situation, Kenny Pickett. We talk all the time about rookie quarterbacks not sustaining production. And when you set him out, you gave him a ton of targets. But you kind of said, like, hey, these aren't going to be the most efficient targets. This is going to be good. This is a player that I'm going to be lower on. And I'm not like here to tell you, great job on your birthday. Yeah, but, but you should. So you, say it. You caught as many touchdowns as him, Jason. Yes, I did. I was awesome last year. Um, and, and so part of the process of the ultimate draft kit for me, I think myself, Mike, Andy, we all have different processes. But for me, I go 
each team, it depends on the quarterback. Certain quarterbacks, I stat the quarterback first based on historical data and what we know of an unexpected situation. And certain times, I look at the team when they're, when it's an ex, like a common, we know what this team is, we know what they're going to do. I will stat all the receivers, all the running backs first and let that dictate what the quarterback does. So in the case of Kenny Pickett last year, I gave him rookie quarterback numbers because that's realistic. He wasn't going to be some outlier, outrageous, you know, quarterback that is breaking the rookie mold. And when you do that and then you divide that up by a team, there just wasn't a realistic outcome for a superstar from that receiving core. So that's kind of the the thing that helps with our accuracy. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the ultimate draft kit yet, you should. The UDK Plus already has our dynasty rankings, has our dynasty startup rankings, has our rookie rankings, has our super flex rankings coming out. It should be live today when you're listening right now. So check it out at theultimatedraftkit.com. Yeah, we just finished our post-draft update. There's new Mookie, uh, rookie Mookie, new rookie mock draft. You and Mookie bets over there. <laughs> Mo- uh, Mookie Blaylock. Uh, oh, right. sorry. Sorry. Wrong Mookie. Uh, risers and fallers. So all of those things in the ultimate draft kit. Before we get into our rookie mock draft, I have a quick question. And it's real simple. What rookie's stock changed the most after the NFL draft? So this kind of solidified in your mind. Maybe there's some questions. But now, based on the draft capital, where they went, this this changed. So, Betts, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm going to throw out Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. He landed with Green Bay. We all thought, you know, early in the first, they might take Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was the com- the common mock draft that you would see. That's the pick. Turns out they did not agree. They went defense and then made Jaden Reed the 50th pick overall off the board. And you kind of had to raise your eyebrows and say, whoa, that is a lot of draft capital for a guy that I don't think many projected to go that high. And you look at the depth chart there in Green Bay. We know it's Christian Watson, probably the, the wide receiver one. But behind him, it's wide open. So when they throw a 50th overall pick at Jaden Reed, a guy who broke out early, can play all over the field, can play in the slot as early as year one, the opportunity is certainly there. Yeah, he is the clear answer to this question. I was upset that you had him in here. And I I think it's important to be honest with why players like this get misvalued in rookie drafts. It's because the dynasty community, of which we are a part of... Yeah, we're part of the problem. Absolutely, we are part of the problem. The dynasty community did not scout him well enough, did not talk about him in the pre-draft process well enough, so when he goes number 50 overall in the NFL draft, his top 50 selection, you are dealing with someone that we just didn't know the ins and outs of. You know, you've heard Jordan Addison and Marvin Mims got talked up and Jalen Hyatt got talked down and all these opinions. And so you're familiar and Jaden Reed comes on the board in the NFL draft and most people are unfamiliar with the name. I remember when Brugler's uh, The Beast came out. And I'm digging through that. He was a top 10 wide receiver in his rankings pre-draft. That was the first time that he came really onto my radar. I hadn't scouted him at that point. So if we're not scouting him, because we're not the NFL. You know, I'm not scouting 400, 500 players here. I take a look at who, you know, most lists say are going to be the best wide receivers. I scout them. I give my opinions, yada, yada. But when now the average player hasn't heard about this guy leading up to the draft, they have too long a time reacting and moving him up appropriately. So, it, it, I mean, if you look at our rankings, I think he is appropriately highly ranked. Would you take him? I mean, because we're going to talk about this, but like he's creeping up to some drafts where he's a fringe, you know, one-two pick, like at the beginning of the second round. So, I it's hard for me to look at a player that's older 
that doesn't have the insane production of some of these other players and to say, oh, he can go in the first round. Um, but we did get news about Jordan Love and the Packers having it, you know, extending the him another year, team-friendly deal. So at least we get to know what is this Packers team with Jordan Love for a year plus, uh, but he slots in behind Christian Watson. But, yes, definitely rose a ton. What about you, Mike? I was, was going to throw in, he is older, and yet he had a really good breakout age. Like, he's a, he's a really – interesting prospect because it's you have the things that we don't like he's a he's not an early declare he was a four-year player not that that's that's just like a slight red flag because we like the the younger players who are dominating younger uh he you know he had to transfer and missed a year because of the the transfer he did have a season in 2021 where he was over a thousand had the 10 touchdowns but you have all of those but it's not overwhelming production like some of the the other wide receivers and he's old but he did break out kind of young and it's uh, he's like this weird hodgepodge mixture and then you got the draft capital thrown in so i'm i'm in i'm perfectly fine with with Jaden reed going around the one two here's a perfect example because this happens every year and we we react we react too late but when terry mclaurin was drafted way higher than almost anybody pre-draft was talking about him he was drafted so high by the the Washington, I don't know if they were the football team at that point or whatever. Yeah, but the Manders. The Manders took him really high, and it was unexpected for most in the dynasty community. He didn't have a bunch of college production, and you know there were reasons to not love him. But it turned out that the NFL team that spent high draft capital on him knew what they were doing, and they weren't just listening to dynasty podcasts, and you should have drafted <laughs> Terry McLaurin based on what the NFL did. And that's kind of the situation with Reed. The only thing I'll say about McLaurin is he was going late third round, even undrafted. Like mm -hmm. yep. so, Reed's getting pushed up at a place where people are expecting him to. You know, Amari Rodgers was a player two years ago. They were like, "Hey, in the slot, yes. he has Aaron Rodgers, he can be fine." So, I, to, to, to answer your question on should he go up in the first round, I have him at at, at pick seventeen overall. So I've got him in the middle of the second. I'm fine with that. We. Uh, we just drafted him, Mike and I, in a in a team we co manage. We got him at the two three turn, two twelve. So he's basically the last pick of the second round. His value is not costing a lot. He's going to go, I think, in most drafts, just like Terry McLaurin did. All right, Mike, you have a wide receiver that shocked all of us. He's the fifth wide receiver off the board in the draft. It's it's Jonathan Mingo for me, where he was someone that was kind of becoming more and more interesting. You know, a lot of the the our friends in the dynasty community were, you know, like really revealing some things about Mingo that I hadn't thought of. And you're like, okay, well, he's now really on the radar. Let's see where he goes in the draft. And he went uh, very high in the draft. He becomes what I really like. He becomes the, the future number one for the quarterback that went number one overall. These two players get to grow their careers together. I love that. His athletic profile is really off the charts considering he's 6'2", 220, and ran a 4.46. Like his, his speed score is 111. It's a that's a 91st percentile for his size. He has uh, that quick twitch. He has the explosiveness because his, his vertical and his broad jump scored really, really well. So perfect place. Perfect situation. You have Frank Reich and company that, and the, the depth chart around him is, I mean, that's it's gross. <laughs> like you have Adam Thielen, who I can't believe that he got the contract that he got. Uh, Chark is there, right? 
Am I remembering that yeah, correctly? Yeah, Chark, Chark yeah, is one-year one deal. And that's that's really you're bearing the lead though. Oh, okay. Give me the lead. Mm. I I I partially don't want to root for Mingo because he's buried Terrace Marshall, but uh, I think he was buried his rookie year, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, but like, he, it's it will be super interesting to me. How do they use Mingo? Because he's big, six two two twenty, and do they put Adam Thielen exclusively into the slot, or do they experiment, put Shark and Thielen on the outside, and then you put the big, uh, you put Mingo into the slot and you try and run him like Cooper Cup. I, I think that there's just there are so many interesting things that the Panthers can do, and it's going to be he won't have a Chris Olave Garrett Wilson breakout year one. I don't think that's in the range of outcomes for him, but I will still draft him very very high in my rookie drafts because I think second year third year he can he can become a uh, a top fifteen top twelve guy. All right, Jason, who you got? For me, it was Jalen Hyatt, well, other than Jaden Reed, but Jalen Hyatt was someone that, you know, in, in Dynasty startup ranks pre-NFL draft, you I've seen him as high as the number three wide receiver overall, and then he fell in the draft. He went um, as the 10th wide receiver drafted. Many, many teams that could use a wide receiver, needed a wide receiver, took a wide receiver, chose to not grab Jalen Hyatt and the and, NFL loves speed yeah so you know there were plenty of yellow and red flags in Jalen Hyatt's um you know in his profile the fact that he comes from the gimmicky offense the fact that he plays almost exclusively in the slot the amount of times he's set up in stack formation where he, he can't really get pressed and that doesn't happen in the NFL um the NFL with their actions said that those worry them and that's why they, you know, they, they took other players. So he certainly fell a little bit in my rankings. And at first glance, when he was drafted, I was like, well, at least he's going to a really good situation, a team that is desperate, desperate for a wide receiver. And that is true. But also when I started, you know, as we've talked about, statting out these teams, breaking down their depth charts, when I stared at the the Giants' depth chart of wide receivers, I was like, they have six legitimate it is it is clogged there right now and specifically their slot position they've got like five slot they receivers got them all. <laughs> they and signed so everyone in the NFL it's not a real clear easy path forward i think that if he is a dude if he's as good as some people hoped he was pre-draft then he will take that spot but the fact that he went 10th plummeted in the draft says i'm less um, the the probability of him being a star has lowered for me drastically. When we profiled him, I mean, he was an outlier in itself. When you look at size, weight, you know, everything else, it's like, okay, he has to be a Deshaun Jackson who was an outlier in himself. Like that's that's what he has to be. So, yeah, it's not great. They did trade up sixteen spots, and I, I like the story. Yeah, we Bri like that. Brian Dable made the trade. I don't know if you guys saw that news. Like he was the one who usually head coaches don't do that, but he was the one that made the call. So oh, whatever. That's cool. Whatever that means, that. but uh, Jalen Hyatt is a fun player. Like we're rooting for him to be something in the NFL. I think the Giants need speed, but yeah. But you know who's more fun than Jalen Hyatt? Your answer. <laughs> My answer. So I put Anthony Richardson as locked in QB one, and in superflex leagues, like locked in. If you don't want to take Bijan, you can take him one hundred and one. I just the landing spot, guys. The landing spot for me in Indianapolis was a dream. That was where I wanted Stroud to go for a while. I would have been super happy there, but. Steichen and the rest of that team, they've done interviews. 
where at first, like they were worried some people in the front office about completion percentage. I totally get that. And then, you know, throwing. And then Steichen, I think this is a Steichen move. Like, I saw what I could do with rookie Justin Herbert. I saw what I could do with, with Jalen Hurts. And it's like a project for him. So, like, that might be like a very. Uh, like this old house? <laughs> it's a move of hubris, maybe at some level, if you think he's a bad prospect, or for fantasy football, which is what we care about. Like, they're going to use this dude, and the quote was right that they're going to use him right off the bat. Bets, isn't that what they said? His development yeah, is basically so key to the franchise's future. He gets better by playing. Ursay said he will start this season, and Steichen has said basically that you're not going to get better unless you're out there on the field. So, I, at first, you know, pre draft, pre some of these quotes, I thought, oh, Minshew's there. He can start behind Minshew. I think he's the week one starter. It got to yeah. the point that. Even uh, if you've been listening to the Dynasty podcast, I'm very critical and nervous about Anthony Richardson of will he develop from what we saw as a passer uh, to in Florida? Will he develop into the pros? Even with all of those concerns, the landing spot to me is just it's too good. I, I caved. I moved Anthony Richardson up to my number one quarterback because you got to – you got to take the shot, like because Richardson could become a, a a league winning quarterback. Where Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I think, will be good, but they won't win championships like Richardson could. Yeah, and this is the perfect conversation too of like real NFL versus fantasy because the throwing is is still a concern. Like that didn't change in a week. The fact that he went fourth overall, but it almost I don't want to say doesn't matter, but. He's going to run, and Steichen's going to use him in that way. And so, obviously, we all know what that does for fantasy. So, I agree. Locked in, QB1 for me. And I think, personally, and I'm sure you guys all agree, too, like, tier one by himself, then the rest of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I don't, do you guys feel that way? Like, he's he's by himself as a rushing quarterback compared to these other two. Oh, for sure. I mean, because of his rushing baseline, the others can't, they can't have the ceiling unless they end up becoming drew Brees hall of famer and I, that's just not you know this wasn't a draft year even though it was a loaded wide quarterback class it didn't have a joe burrow uh trevor lawrence and andrew luck like there wasn't the the prospect it, even though bryce young was most people's one he's still not considered in that category and the the texans they dr destroyed my dreams my personal fantasy dreams of they took C.J. Stroud, which was the right thing. And then you know what you should do next year? Well, there's a wide receiver that C.J. Stroud played with in college that's going to come out and he's going to be a top-five pick. You should draft that guy. And they said, no, we're going to send our first-round pick away to the Arizona Cardinals, so that dream is gone. They literally could have drafted JSN yes. at 12 and then Harrison next year yes. with their top pick. And, and been out of control. But they've got a, they've got Mingo. <laughs> No, yeah. no, the Mingo went to the Panthers. Oh, that's right. Mingo's at the Panthers, they and Harrison will hopefully go to the Cardinals. They have Tank Dell. They got the smallest player in the draft. Yeah. That's who, it's, so I, I'm, I'm excited for you, Cardinals, because you possibly have the first two picks in the draft. Yes, we do. You also could be starting all over and, you know, taking Caleb Williams, taking Marvin here. Like, that would be pretty cool. It, like, it's a win-win situation. It reminds me of the Eagles, where they had a lot of capital, and they had Jalen Hurts, and they weren't sure, is he going to be able to be the dude or do we have enough capital to replace him with the number one pick next year? Same situation. Either Kyler comes back, he either starts earlier than we expect or plays really good this season. We win more games. We don't have the number one pick. We don't need the number one pick. We get a 
a bunch of ammunition to load him up with guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. Or we get the number one pick because we suck, and we can trade Kyler for something to start over with Caleb Williams. All right, before we hit our rookie mock draft, let's take a quick break. We are so excited about the updates coming to the Ultimate Draft Kit in the UDK+. Plus. What am I talking about? Post-draft updates to the rankings, the Dynasty Startup rankings, the Rookie rankings, and guess what? You asked for it. We're bringing it. Superflex rankings as well. All of it available at ultimatedraftkit.com. All of it updating all off-season long. We are the place to be if you want to be connected to everything going on in the fantasy football world. Get the UDK right now. Lowest possible price, ultimatedraftkit.com. You guys are in the throngs of it right now, drafting. Like we're, I'm still in the middle of a couple drafts. We're in a league where I'm picking right before Jason and Mike. So this is going to be good for us uh, that we've gone through in the main Dynasty League. But um, I, I realize there are a couple things that still have yet to happen in Dino Junior. Or, mm. or do you guys just don't even care? We're at the 312. I, I know the player that I think we should take. But I don't want to say his name. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Also, we are at I'm going a to message Jason right now. We are at a place where we have won the championship three years champ, in a champ, row. Champ, 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 champ. So I don't care what you do. Here, Jay, look at, look at that name and tell me what you think. <laughs> All right, let me take a look here. Clicking. This is really good. This it's is good. a good one. Yeah, right. It's a good one. <laughs> All right, let's mock it up. The Fantasy Footballers Mock Draft. We're going to do a two-round rookie mock draft. We have a full one in the UDK Plus and the Dynasty Pass, and you're going to get our rookie rankings, everything in that. So we're going to walk through these picks. The order is going to be Mike, me, Jason, then Betts. And I'm approaching this as who's next on my board. I'm not thinking of, like, who did I pick and who's okay. on my team because uh, it's just hard to kind of keep track of that. But we will post this online uh, so you guys can actually see the picks. Uh, but Mike's going to go first for us. He's got the 101. And we're going single quarterback. Single quarterback okay. here. We'll, we'll put out some super flex ones too. And Mike, I know that you are just stressing out. It's fantastic to have the 101 this year because you even in super flex, you're not like, man, do I go the quarterback because longevity? No, it's, it's B. John Robinson and log out. You've done very, very well in the draft. He went to... Uh, the perfect spot for fantasy football, terrible for real life, but the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur, the plan will be to run, 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 run some more, and they will do it successfully despite, uh, they will run directly into their sub-500 record. Whoa, mm -hmm. whoa, whoa. Our our win total got boosted up. I don't know if you saw that post draft. No, I didn't. It was at 7.5. Some books have it 8 or 8.5. Oh, okay. Would so you? I could take the under now. <laughs> it's not a bad play if you want to do it. But uh, fourth place schedule, NFC South. We'll talk about that on the DFS and betting podcast. So Mike takes B. John Robinson first. I am up next, and I, I think this is an interesting discussion because the two names that people are sorting through, I, I'm assuming, are Jameer Gibbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm on team with a wide receiver. I don't care what the landing spot is. That talent matters so much more than landing spot that I'm willing to look at this Seattle offense and say, what if this offense just rolls? What if Tyler Lockett ages out in a year or two? And I have a player that 
will be on this team for a while. Yes, they're going to have to figure out Geno Smith beyond the next two to three years. But what if this is just a good offense? And I think NFL, sure. NFL standards, we love the Seahawks this year. Like, we think that they're going to be really good. It's probably painful as Cardinals fans to say that, but like, they're a really fun team for fantasy we're going to be talking about. So, Jackson Smith and Jigba is what I've done in a couple leagues. Jeremy and I did it in the main Ballers Dynasty League. We were at the 102, and we went JSN. You guys did not hesitate either. No, we, we had talked about it for a while. To, uh, to be fair, their team, and this is where, you know, when, while we're doing this draft, we don't have a team. We're not a championship contender or a rebuild or looking for running backs. And and you should pay attention to this because th you should act like that in your drafts. It's it's usually much better to take your team needs a little bit out of it and, and draft the best players available. But your window, I think, is something you do consider. And in your case, your guys' team is in a rebuild. You've torn it down and you're building it up. And so running back shelf life versus a wide receiver's shelf life. If you get three or four awesome years from Jameer Gibbs and you know five or six or seven really good years from JSN, when your window starts opening up, probably better to take a wide receiver. Yeah, and I've I said this before on the podcast. We just needed a hit. And I feel like the probability of Jackson Smith and Jigba as the wide receiver one in this class on a good football team, a good offense, like I think the, the probability is super high. And we still like Gibbs. Dear Lord, we got trashed all, all over Twitter about the Lions and Lions takes. We love Jameer Gibbs on this podcast. We think he's great. I just think for our team. Because we're a fantasy football podcast. Yes, and we like teams. We like te players that catch the ball. So, Jason, you're up at one and three. Well, I want to hear before I move on, because I know before the show, Mike was saying he has some concerns about JSN and his landing spot. Obviously, he's going to be exclusively a slot player this year. Um, c considering the landing spot and what he did in college, but let me hear your anti-JSN takes. It, it didn't, let me slow, slow. Hold on, hold on. I did not. Why do you hate <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba? And I said, um, I just was voicing some concerns. I still said JSN is my number one wide receiver because I'm with Kyle. I will take the talent of the player over the landing spot. <laughs> the, the that conversation evolved because I was saying I have Jameer Gibbs at number two now. Um, and here's my concerns for for Jackson Smith in Jigba is Tyler Lockett is under contract this year. He's going to play. Tyler contract or Tyler contract. <laughs> Tyler Lockett is under contract for two more years. Now next year he would be a 14 million dollar dead cap. That's that's not nothing. Now 2025 it is a seven million dollar dead cap. Still expensive. But here's the thing. Tyler Lockett is still one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. DK Metcalf is not going anywhere. He just got re-upped. He's young. He's a superstar. But Lockett has just been so good over and over and over. And like how JSN isn't going to push Lockett or Metcalf off the field in a two-wide receiver set because he's going to be the slot wide receiver. Will they actually up? Their what they've run. I, I was trying no, to quickly they, find their three wide receiver sets. Sixty five percent. They run sixty five percent of their snaps in three wide receiver sets. And Pete Carroll was asked the question yes. directly about whether or not they plan to throw the ball more, use three wide receiver sets more that they've got JSN. 
And obviously, you can't always trust a coach. But he said no. You know, they're running the same system, and and I don't blame them. I think they're they're going to have a really good offense. They they drafted uh, Charbonnet, and their running game is going to be really good as well. There's That's no reason to say we're now a pass happy team. That's not what Pete Carroll wants to run. He just has. They had nobody behind Lockett and Metcalf. They right. needed a wide receiver three desperately, and they got a great one. I do agree. His landing spot is not as great for year one, but I'm betting on the talent. He is the wide receiver one for all of us. And he, if he's not your two, he'll be your three. He's the two here. I'm up with the third pick, so I will take the pick that the Lions should not have taken, Jameer Gibbs. Um, also, I know Lions fans, I know it's hard to hear people say what a bad pick it was, and Jameer Gibbs is so good. He's going to be great. You are going to love him. What? An awful pick it was for a team building and wins and losses perspective, but for fantasy, love it. I know you can't take hearing that, and so I'm not going to shy away from saying the truth. You should be upset with your team. You deserve that. You deserve to actually be able to talk back to your franchise, but um, I actually moved Jameer Gibbs. He was one of my risers. When we did uh, our startup rankings folding in the rookies, so now our dynasty startups have them all interwoven, all the positions. That was what revealed to me that I do have Jameer Gibbs as more valuable right now in a dynasty startup than Jackson Smith and Jigba. So he is my number two. If I was at two, I would have taken Jameer Gibbs. There is a plan in place for Gibbs, for the Lions. I believe they are going to throw the ball a ton, and I'm going to put his baseline at a 15% target market share. If he gets that, which that's what I believe happens, he will be awesome for fantasy football. He doesn't need to carry the ball that much. Targets are worth so much more than a carry, and he should be great. So we have second-year wide receiver. Uh, uh, now I'm Jamal Williams is stuck in my head. Jamison Williams, wide receiver, who was their first-round pick. He is suspended for six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and last year, when we think of DeAndre Swift's season as a whole, you're like, oh, that was so, so bad. DeAndre Swift, in 14 games, appeared in 34% of the snaps for the Detroit Lions. He had 70 targets. 70. That's ridiculous. Like, you, you bump those snaps up, and you play all the games. And Jameer Gibbs is, Jameer Gibbs could see 100 targets. 100 targets plus this year. I, I mean, it's definitely in the range of outcomes. You mentioned the wide receivers. Let's just let's just go down that path, right? Amon Ra gonna get a ton of volume. Jamison Williams suspended six games. We don't even know if he's good in the NFL, right? Like, Correct. Still, people assume he's gonna be good. We loved his talent and the, and the tape, but we just don't know. Then, ready for this, boys? Cleve Raymon, Josh Reynolds, the ghost of Marv Jones, and Tom Kennedy. So, I mean, give David Montgomery two hundred fifty. <laughs> Carries, and please give Jameer Gibbs all the targets. So, completely different conversation. Fantasy, incredible landing spot, incredible draft capital. Love it. How, how dare you? Life, yeah, Kyle, I wanted great. to know how you felt about hearing the ghost of Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has been one of your guys for He's He's ever. awesome. He's awesome. And Does that hurt you emotionally? Yeah, no, I, and I'm going to stand behind Marvin Jones, the lion, because the rest of the team I will not stand behind. But, no, Betts is right, like, I, and I have questions about their schedule. So uh, the Lions love your t- love your team for fantasy, but it's okay for us to have different takes and say, "Hey, this wasn't the best team building move for y'all moving forward." Uh, Bets, you are at one hundred four on the clock. 
Yeah, I'm just going to make a quick prediction. On the DFS Embedding Show, week one, I guarantee you Kyle will mention <laughs> Marvin Jones as like a $3,500 uh, $3, DK wide receiver play, guaranteed. So we'll, we'll come a back G-Rose. to that at a later date. <laughs> yes. But uh, this is basically the part of the draft where you get to in every 1QB league, and you say, which wide receiver do you prefer? Because Charbonnet's off the board at this point. You can't take him. It's too early for the quarterbacks, in my opinion. So you're basically down to Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. Who do you prefer? I love Jordan Addison coming out. The weight issue is definitely a concern. And the landing spot, to some people, might be a concern because he's playing next to a future Hall of Famer. And Justin Jefferson is not going anywhere for the next 10 years. But there is no one else in that offense from a wide receiver perspective to play. He should step in right away as the wide receiver two across from him. And, you know, you think about the Adam Thielen years with Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen was plenty fantasy relevant and fantasy viable, a great wide receiver two option. So not as high of a ceiling maybe as someone like Quentin Johnson, in my opinion, but a safer floor. And I love Jordan Addison coming out. So I will take him here at the 1.04. He, he is who I took. I had the 104 in our main dynasty league. I drafted him there. I agree with you completely. And I think the situation, the landing spot is actually, I'm on the side that I think it is very good. You've seen some of these rookies come in. The one that comes to mind for me uh, couldn't be much more of a different body type. But when Juju Smith-Schuster came in, it was like, oh, Antonio Brown is there. You know, it's like, what can you do? Well, you know what? When they've got the best wide receiver in the game of football, that's where the defense is. You run the slot and you dominate for a high-powered offense. The Vikings are going to throw the ball a lot. Kirk Cousins is going to be 4,500 yards. And the slot's going to be wide open as the defense has to focus on Justin Jefferson. I was in a league where Addison was the one that I preferred. And I wanted to get him ahead of because I thought he wouldn't be on the board. And so I did what we said on this podcast. I traded a late second-round pick to move up a couple spots, just two spots, to get Addison because I would have been left with somebody else. But... Strategy-wise, after the first three picks, is it going to be these four uh, receivers? Like, are, are, are these three receivers as the next picks? Is like that what people are sorting through? That's that's how I see it. It was su- supposed to be uh, mine and Jason's sweet, beautiful prince, Zach Charbonnet, and then Pete Carroll had to play the villain yet again and put him into a situation where it's a timeshare at best. And I uh, we'll we'll talk Charbonnet when we get there, but. You can't draft a known backup running back at the 105 and mm-hmm. when, when there's a first-round wide receiver there. So I'm up at 105. I will take Quentin Johnston. Uh, I, I, I'm with the other guys. I prefer Jordan Addison, but QJ is not a bad uh, second, second prize here. He goes into a, a very good situation. He has a franchise quarterback already, so check that box. We love to have that. In front of him, you have Keenan Allen, who is still a good route runner, but he is he's getting to that age where the Chargers will think about moving on. Mike Williams continues to be unable to stay on the field. And those two guys, I, they will be in front of, of uh, Quinton to start the, start the year, probably for the majority of the year. I don't think it's going to be a fantastic rookie year for him unless Mike Williams schedules his off weeks to be longer than expected. Like Mike Williams will miss two to four games. He could miss more because he's done that before. Uh but long term, I mean next year, I think that the the Chargers could choose to get out of Mike Williams. 
I think they keep Keenan Allen personally, but they could make the choice to get out of Keenan Allen over Mike Williams or both. Like They have so many different options here, and the long-term future, the outlook for QJ is is glowing, it, it, assuming he can actually be a good player. Uh, His yeah. situation is good. His talent was good enough that they took him in the first round. The, the Chargers picked him over Addison, so... Uh, so it's so, a really so I'll take the shot. It is a really easy case to say you should be taking Quentin Johnston ahead of Jordan Addison. I mean, you you said most of it, but when you put it all back to back, you go, oh, the Chargers drafted him ahead of Addison, so they like him. He's bigger, um, and you don't have the weight issues. He's got a better quarterback locked in. Like it, it, it I don't have any problem if you want to say I'd rather go Johnston over Addison. Agreed. It was just really the skill set belief in the wide receiver that's the difference maker for me I think with Johnson it was scary before the draft of like okay if this guy lands with a team that we don't feel confident in the quarterback situation like I could have seen him drop in the first round but it was a dream landing spot that just secured him in my mind of like okay I thought he was going to be maybe a more boom bust we didn't love some of the body catching style but this is a great spot and I'm just going to follow it up at 106 with Zay Flowers the next wide receiver off the board don't feel as great in terms of target competition but that offense is going to be so fun and so fun for you guys to stat out of like, what are they going to do in Baltimore? It's a different offense with Todd Monken at coordinator as opposed to Greg Roman. He's going to be, they're going to use him in creative ways. And his skill set is mini Debo, like at some level, like he's, he's more, he's not just a, here's a slot wide receiver. They're going to throw him in there. They're going to use him in creative ways. But I did think at this spot and in drafts, Zay Flowers, and I'm starting to look at Anthony Richardson in one quarterback league. So I wanted sure. to get your perspective, Jason, because you're next on the clock. Yeah, I am. And you you know, uh, if you've listened to the episodes in their entire catalog here of this show, that I don't usually like selecting uh, quarterbacks in the first round of a single quarterback startup. Um certainly not tight ends in the first round because there are talented running backs and wide receivers. After day one of this year's NFL draft, I was like, oh, baby, we're going to have so much more value than I thought we were going to have in this draft. And then after day two, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. All the value that we yeah. thought was coming is destroyed. Yeah, because Pete Carroll is a black hole. Pete Carroll has two feet, and he used one to kick – Kenneth Walker in the nuts and one to kick Zach Charbonnet in the nuts. At the same time. It was, it was a, it incredible. Was a, it, was it was a jump a, kick, splits. Flying Van Dams. They were actually standing completely to the peripheral. It was full splits when he did the kick. He is a young old man. Pete Carroll, the happiest coach in the league. And this, is how, he stays, yoga. this is how he stays happy and healthy is uh, ball kicking his players. Dude, those, those white Nike Air Monarchs. Oh my yeah. gosh, that would hurt so bad. <laughs> I I hate that I have to hate Pete Carroll. Like, I know, he's so lovable. Like he's he's the the nemesis of my team. He keeps destroying players' fantasy value, but I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, he is. And, and he seems like a fun guy. Yeah, I would love to be coached by him. He loves his players, his players love him. Uh fun guy, hate his guts. Um not really. So the 107. So at at the 107 though, I start taking what I think are known commodities. I, I've talked about it. I'm, I'm drafting for probability of hit rate. And to me, the four first-round wide receivers have a very strong hit rate. Jameer Gibbs, strong hit rate. Obviously, Bijan, guaranteed hit rate. Then it falls off a cliff to me. At this point in time, 
whether you still have Zach Charbonnet next because he was a second-round draft pick, he's on a good offense, or whether he's not even your next running back and you're going to a third-round running back or you're going to a, a huge teardrop in wide receivers, I think the probability of everyone else hitting is low. And so I'm taking Anthony Richardson here at the 107. I would take I would not want him ahead of the four pack of first round wide receivers, but he to me with his running prowess is a guarantee and and being the fourth overall pick, it's a guarantee that he will be the starter for years. His leash will be long. Even if he sucks at football and doesn't win games, he will be the starter for 3 or 4 years and he will run the ball enough and have rushing touchdowns, he'll have fantasy value, so he's my pick. I love it. I bets you're up next. Yeah, and this conversation we just had, like in the leagues that I'm playing in, and and if you haven't, listener, had your rookie draft yet, I'm getting out of town. Like I'm trying to move these picks for a 2024 first, or package a couple of picks and move up into the 105 range. Like the tier break is very obvious here. So I hate this pick. I will say that, and uh, I think Jason's going to hate this pick because I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid. Oh, oh, what a loser. Oh, what an idiot. I actually love that idiot. pick if I'm in the draft with you. <laughs> yes, but here's my rationale. I don't think, or I'm not sure, but optimistically, I don't think that they view him as a tight end because Dawson Knox just signed an extension. He's clearly under contract. He's there. But Dalton Kincaid is a slot, big slot wide receiver, and he moves that way. So I'm not drafting him to be my tight end. I'm hoping that he turns into a somewhat again somewhat reliable option in buffalo's offense we know they want to throw they're going to be in the red zone a ton i think there's a legit chance he just steps on the field and plays right away as a rookie i completely understand this pick i think this pick will happen in a lot of leagues if not the majority of leagues this is where you go okay well dalton Kincaid was a first rounder they traded up for him he's on a great offense there are a lot of boxes that are checked completely understand it and as a reminder or as knowledge if you haven't listened to previous episodes the reason that I don't take that pick here is the probability outcome of a tight end being very relevant for fantasy it just doesn't really happen there aren't many of them that happen and most of them that have you go Darren Waller George Kittle those aren't guys that we drafted in the first round those are guys that you scooped up off of waivers or got in your third round of your your rookie drafts way back in the day there's they just don't hit and they don't hit their rookie year so I feel like most of the time you're you're burning the pick early and then you've got a low odds like a 10 15 percent chance of a hit and I think there are other players on the board for fantasy purposes that are higher than that, but I do understand the argument for it. Connected to Josh Allen, he is not a blocking tight end. He's a move tight end. He will be catching passes. I just think you're going to need a couple years for it to pay off. And when you're saying hit, Jason, you're saying like top three type tight end hit. Yeah, I'm saying like a difference maker at tight end. If you drafted Evan Ingram, right, Whoa. you can say that is a hit. That he had After one of the year best. One it was. He had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. He's played a long career. But ain't nobody happy with – if you go back to that draft and you drafted Evan Ingram, who has been a successful tight end, you burned that pick. There were a 100 guys behind him that you would have rather have had. I will say this. Uh, when, you, when you buy stock, right, and then it crumbles, you don't lose money until you sell off. I have never I have, sell. I have held. I have. I have held Evan Ingram on my dynasty team through everything, and we are back, baby. We are back. All right, <laughs> uh, Mike, you are at one hundred and nine. Right. Here is I'm. I'm. I'm one hundred percent fine with the Dalton Kincaid 
pick right there. It's just maybe it we keep getting tricked over and over year after year of like, well, this look at the circumstance, but I'm with bets of I think that Kincaid can become the number two option behind Stephon Diggs sooner than later uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And here is where the draft just goes of (laughs) like have your own process, have the guys that you like, just plug your nose and take them because it is why I'm looking at our Ballers Dynasty uh, draft that is already complete and the guy – I'm going to take here at where where are we at 108 109 109 he went at 201 and like Dalton Kincaid in our draft went 207 like so the values are all over the place this year uh I'm going to take I'm going to take Jonathan Mingo the the guy that I talked about as my biggest riser and this is a longer term pick it doesn't feel great right now it won't feel great that if you're in a double flex maybe you can plug him into your starting lineup but I do believe long term that Jonathan Mingo will be a very very solid fantasy football player uh I already kind of gave my my case for him already with Bryce Young so I take him here yeah the wide receivers here when you look at Mingo Jaden Reed Rasheed Rice Marvin Mims like the second round wide receivers I I don't know any of those guys are going to hit I think Mingo would be at the top based on the draft capital but uh Man, right now I'm I'm deciding between two players. I think this is Charbonnet territory. Where yeah, e- that's fine. Even if I don't like the landing spot, I'm going to get a, a running back that I just need for my roster. Or it's Rasheed Rice. Those are the two that I'm deciding between. Interesting. Okay. And I I would take Charbonnet here just because I think a lot of teams are probably going to be needy at running back. And is this a situation where we have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, where you know Walker ends up being a top twelve back, and you still can get top twenty to top twenty four value. Uh, you know, each year with somebody like AJ Dillon, uh, Zach Charbonnet in this instance. So, I think it's worth it around this spot. So at the the one ten, you're taking Charbonnet. Uh, I'll just throw this quickly around the room. If you have Walker on your roster, are you more likely to take Charbonnet around here, or does that push you away from from having those two guys on your roster? You're like, no, I'm going to take the upside of. Uh, second-round wide receiver going to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, it would push me more away. I, I don't like having – I obviously, you've got the insurance policy. One guy goes down, the other gets and better. it's a very good one. It, absolutely. I mean, because either one of these guys, I think, would be a top-10 running back if they were by themselves in this uh, offense specifically. But they aren't, and I think you're going to have issues where you're forced to maybe – Man, do I have to start both of them in the same week? I just don't enjoy playing that. I want the highest upside, which is Kenneth Walker, if he's on my roster, has a great year, and someone else I draft has a great year, and I get both of them good. I don't have to wait for an injury to be happy. How about you, Betts? Yeah, no, if I have him, I'm probably looking away from Charbonnet. You know, it's just it's tough to rely on two guys in the same backfield, like Jason said, on a weekly basis. But I get the the argument for you have the guy no matter what if one goes down, which that's part of the reason you do take Charbonnet, right? Is like you know this offense is is going to be good. They want to get the running back involved, and um, and Pete was was praising Charbonnet's receiving game ability. Yeah. So I get it. Um, but like I said at the Dalton Kincaid pick, I am O U T. It's strange. I'm getting out of my rookie drafts. Yeah, yeah, it, it is tough. And and honestly, when we were we we're sitting here uh, at this spot, I had written down um, earlier in this episode a note for myself to move Charbonnet up in my rankings because I was looking at the running backs that are here 
and I do believe that it would be wise. I, I like this pick. I think it is wise to remember that he is a second-round running back for a team that I think can have two relevant fantasy. There are multiple teams many years with two top 24 running backs in the same season. That's when they're both healthy. Uh, you have upside, and he's a talented player. He's not going to go anywhere. Now I'm on the clock. Charbonnet is gone. And I would agree with you, Rashi Rice is in consideration. Rashi Rice has Patrick Mahomes. He has good draft capital, a second rounder. It would be between him and I think Devon A-Chain. Uh, A-Chain, he was, man, was this a player I wanted to just, <laughs> I wanted to body. I wanted to be like, no, it's not going to work. You're not 190 pounds. You can't have relevance. And he went to the most picturesque, the only. perfect landing spot where he is in a fit to his running style like you can't imagine, and he will have massive breakaway touchdown runs. Like, that's going to happen. But I'm going to take the, this is a dynasty league, second round draft capital for Rasheed Rice with Patrick Mahomes. I will take Rasheed Rice here and stick to my rankings. Yeah, Rasheed Rice was somebody we have in our risers. Uh, his production was really good at SMU, so it's not like we're just getting a random player. But when you look yes, at the, this, isn't McColl. When you look at their depth chart, though, it's like we're playing the same game every single year. He was taking one spot after Sky Moore was mm -hmm. in the second round last year. So it's like, is it Sky Moore? Is it MVS? Like, who is that person that kind of emerges? So I, I'm with you. I think it's a, a swing for the fences pick with Mahomes. But there's just a bunch of dudes. We've talked about uh, Lockjaw uh, today, uh, Terrace Marshall. Uh, and Mike's mentioned on the show a lot of times, wide receivers that really fail their rookie year. They don't have to have a breakout. But if they really suck, it usually never happens. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't come to fruition. Cash so, out. So Sky Moore, look, he's still got an opportunity. The depth chart is open for him. He's got Patrick Mahomes, too. He had the second-round draft capital. But we have a year of him having opportunity last year not not hitting. So I do think that there's a reason they went back to the second round and drafted another wide receiver. And this was a wide receiver who was in Dallas working out with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has his mark on this. Mahomes uh, told the GM he wants oh, Rasheed man. Rice. So those, <laughs> Careful with that. I've, oh, I've been with that Clyde narrative before. Yeah. <laughs> that turned into Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. That is fair. Uh, I don't know that I trust <laughs> Mahomes scouting as well as his quarterback play, <laughs> but it is just one little cherry on top. It's not the reason I would draft him, but it is a cherry. Do you think Mahomes just watched that national championship game for LSU and was like, oh, that guy's good. Get him. And just like – because, I mean – that is a massive difference between Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the most talented running backs in the yes. league, and Clyde, who didn't get his fifth-year option, not going to be on the team next year. He wanted a pass catcher, but then, ironically, they didn't use him as a pass catcher. It made no sense. No, it did not. <laughs> All right, Betts, finish out the first round. Yeah, I mean, I was going to take whoever Jason didn't, so we can keep this short and sweet. I will take Devon A-Chain at the one twelve. Uh, he goes to Miami, and what, what I like about the landing spot, outside of the fact that it's obvious that you know it's Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and there's no elite guys in front of him that the path is clear is Miami didn't have a ton of resources in this draft and they still used one on this guy and Mike McDaniel looked excited to say the least about picking him he didn't he didn't break the table like Dan Campbell Guns Mahoney did with Detroit and Jameer Gibbs but they were still very excited and so yeah this is the range where I would take him anywhere from like 110 to 112 even 2.01 if he falls so Devon A-Chain off the board to be fair I don't think Mike McDaniel could break the table if it was made out of paper <laughs> the table I, I love that dude but he is <laughs> he is an itty bitty guy yesterday I was in a draft 
and I was deciding between two players. A-Chain was one of them. I asked Mike his opinion. I asked Betts his opinion real quick, and I went back and forth for an hour between Devon A-Chain and Kendry Miller. I feel like those are the two right now where you're trying to decide, and it broke my heart because I wanted to be against A-Chain, like you said. like Every reason going into this draft was I want to be done with him. I chose him for my team. He's going to be a fun player, and after finishing the first round, I need to hit this drop. Maka laka ding dong. Yes, sir. Just to wake us up, because we're, <laughs> we're getting to the second round here. So, breathe with us. Mike's going to start us off at the top of the second round. Go for it. I have uh, moved this player up. He could have been my answer for the uh, someone that has moved up the rankings a lot for me. It is Marvin Mims, who was drafted by the Denver Broncos. He came out of OU. His athleticism is off the chart. A 4 3 Eight, he's 5'11", 183, but again, most players in this draft were a little bit smaller. Lightning fast, goes to Sean Payton, who we have a very long history, including Drew Brees, of course, but a very long history of, of Sean Payton having top, top tier fantasy wide receivers. And the Broncos had, like, their picks were gone. Like, their picks were used on Russell Wilson and bringing in Sean Payton and then with that limited draft capital, they said, now we're going to get Marvin Mims. And the the swirling rumors of, will we trade a wide receiver, those aren't going to go away. Yes, they picked up Jerry Duty's fifth-year option, but Marvin Mims, to me, uh, he I think the floor, like this could be a disaster. Like I do think that the floor is very low, but if he hits, I think he can be a superstar wide receiver f- with a with an offensive mastermind and in just a couple years th- this wide receiver from room for the Denver Broncos is going to look completely different so I'm not letting that slow me down I love Mims here yeah we can't just copy and paste what we saw in Denver last year and say this is how it's going to work but it's a crowded crowded room like with Judy for now uh, Judy they picked up his option Cortland Sutton who knows Tim Patrick but I agree they can get out from everybody after next year and and who knows? Like who knows what Sean Payton wants to do with this team? But I'm buying into Denver at least as a lot of buy low and best ball and lots of other places. But Marvin Mims, we liked him pre draft process. I'm gonna go Kendry Miller. I just talked about him. Two oh two. He was taken seventy first overall. <laughs> you just mad at me? I am very mad at you. That was the only player left on the board that I really wanted. So when I was debating between A Chain and Miller, it's like if I want somebody that can potentially be a three down guy. Miller's the dude. Like I, I can, I can get that he has the body. You know, the situation's kind of weird because we don't know with Kamara, and then Jamal Williams' contract is basically two years, but it's still team friendly for that third one. Like I was shocked for somebody who's 28 years old who got a three-year deal. So I wish Jamal Williams wasn't there. Like if he wasn't there, yeah. how high would Kendrick Miller go? I, I think he would go near this spot I don't believe it would be like oh my gosh Jamal Williams is the reason that I can't love Kendra Miller Kendra Miller is great he is also very very young which is uh, outstanding for you know when when you have a running back play their rookie season at age 21 that has a really high hit rate because it's just rare for someone to be good enough to be drafted that age and so I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of Kendra Miller with him off the board now I feel like I'm looking at the probability outcomes of everybody else. We've got just this shotgun approach we can take. Um, this is where, honestly, if you wanted to start going 
because because we had a handful of guys there: Marvin Mins, Kendra Miller, A Chain, uh, you know, Rushy Rice. Mingo Charbonnet that I rushy 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 um that have a decent hit rate this is where I might go with a Dalton Kincaid if he was still available obviously um not but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bryce Young because Bryce Young has a guaranteed leash here he's the number one pick in the draft so instead of taking a shot on someone I really like in uh Tajay Spears you you know he was he was a day two pick uh, obviously, he is behind Derrick Henry, so there's some questions there. Um, I really, really like, uh, you know, just taking someone at such a random spot where you're probably not going to hit on this player and saying, you know what, how about I just hit on the player? And he might not be a superstar or great for fantasy, but he will be relevant. If I have an injury to a quarterback, I've got a player that can go in, and he's going to play for a long time. In the main Ballers Dynasty League, that Jeremy and I took him around this spot, and we felt really good. Like, this is a player, the ceiling might not be as high. It might be really bad as rookie year, but you can count on it. So I think this is the right range for him. Betts, you are at 204. Yeah, this is the player I brought up at the start of the show. We talked about who is rising up draft boards. I'll take Jaden Reed here yeah. at the 2.04. Honestly, I've seen him go later. Like you guys mentioned the 2-3 turn. I've seen him dip into the third round a couple times in my draft. So he's a guy that I think you can get anywhere in this kind of second round range if you're looking to trade up and snag him. So yeah, 2.04, more than comfortable embracing some of the risk. The hit rate is terrible in this range in rookie drafts. But we talked about the situation, talked about the player a little bit. So I'll throw a dart on Jaden Reed. And I'll jump in. I'm next. It's, it's just it's about that time of where... I don't love any of the picks, and I'm just going to take some value of if C.J. Stroud works out and becomes a true franchise quarterback like I think he is pre-draft. He was my favorite quarterback, so I, I will take the chance here. This in this has been the this is the Jason Moore special of when you run out of positional players that you feel confidence in at least slightly. Just take just take a quarterback who was drafted number two overall. And and hope for the best because that's that is a much wiser thing to do than to than to at this point in my opinion start taking some gambles on like a fourth round running like Roshan Johnson's I don't even, I don't know if he'll go in our second round but his value is all over the place yeah we've been in drafts where he's going to the back of the first and it's like that's that's wild to me that could pay off but that's that is the ultimate lottery scratcher ticket where. I feel like grabbing C.J. Stroud right here is he's going to hold value, and if he if he turns into what I think, then it's a massive hit. In my research, it's in one quarterback leagues where people feel like I'm not supposed to take one because it's not as important, but you're getting all this value for players yeah. that you love. And so, yeah, you go back through the picks of the last you know, five, six years, it's like Patrick Mahomes in one quarterback league was going second, yeah. third round. Joe he, Burrow went at the end of the – I think the – End of the first round in our Ballers mm -hmm. dynasty. Yeah, it's it's it, they just keep sliding. At 206, there are two running backs that I'm choosing from. And I will say, if I wanted to, I could just sort by Jason's ranks and just take... <laughs> <laughs> hey, take, pro tip. If you're playing with a uh, professional in the industry, just use their rankings. Um, I'm going to take the player that's probably not highest. I'm going to take Tank Bigsby, who I know you like pre-draft process. Um, He's my second highest left. Thank I, you. I know. I know who your first one would be. Uh I just like Tank Bigsby better than Ty J Spears. Just personally, just from my evaluation, I think he can be a better NFL running back. I have some questions about Spears. I don't think it's a bad pick, but this is the spot where you're taking a shot on one of these running backs. 
the wide receivers fall off even more. Like there's another tier break, and I'm still not ready to take one of these tight ends. So I will take Tank Bigsby at the 206. Yeah, I mean, you you really want you know you're talking about Roshan Johnson. The difference between a third and fourth round pick is drastic. It's the difference in a day. It's the difference in assumed capital. GMs go into day two with a high importance on these picks. Second, third round picks are seen as premium picks. Day three picks are like special teamers, fill out a roster, you know, and those guys are just replaced so much easier. So I like Tank Bigsby, uh, a third round pick, and I like Tajay Spears, a third round pick. I did have Tank ahead of Tajay in the pre-draft process, but when I look at would I rather play behind Derrick Henry or would I rather play in a dynasty format, play behind Travis Etienne, I think one of their careers will be over sooner, and Tajay has a path to next year just being the dude. And I think Tank will split immediately. Yeah, he he probably will. And, and I would guess that if you're going to say who has more fantasy points this season, probably will be Tank Bigsby. This is Tajay isn't a pick that you're saying, oh, man, I got a starting running back now. No, that's called Derrick Henry. You've got Derrick Henry's backup. But Derrick Henry himself, when he was drafted, he did nothing his rookie year. That was called DeMarco Murray. And then if you picked him and held on to him, it was good. Obviously, uh, at 201 pounds, Kendra is not, or uh, Tajay is not quite Derrick Henry. Yeah, and real quick, too, before I move on to my next pick, there is a lot of talk these days about Spears and his knee issues from college. Um, it's really confusing that the Tennessee Titans, who I think have a lot of holes to fill and plan for their future, use the pick on this guy because there's reports of you know the previous ACL injuries. He's got two of them, and apparently he's already dealing with arthritis in the knee. We saw what that did to Mr. Todd Gurley very early in his career. So if you are someone who's you know two years away from competing in your dynasty league, I'd be you know not relying on Tajay Spears long term. I'll just say that I don't know how long he's going to play. But the knee is definitely a concern. So it was in the second round, though, right? For... There's like no, um, there's no, I guess, negativity to your roster to take him because the hit rate's so low anyway. It's like I like the guy, I'll take him. But just point that out in regards to his knee issues. Yeah, it's one of those like I don't have a problem if you're a GM saying, "Well, we only get this guy for three years. Let's just run him yeah, into the ground." It's a running back. That's what you do now. But yeah. why do it when you've got Derrick Henry? Like I, when it when it happened, I I had a I had a thought of huh, will there be a Derrick Henry trade coming? Because it seems like a weird medical situation to put a year wait on. But yeah. it's, it's more of a they – watched, they watched Haskins play when Derrick Henry was out, and they said, <laughs> they said we're never going to do that again. <laughs> we got a yeah, there we go. We're done. <laughs> I mean, look, nasty boy, Hassan Haskins, dynasty champion. I, I just want to add this about the Titans. They have been arguably the worst team in terms of draft and what they've gotten back in return. Like, they blew a first-round pick for Isaiah Wilson. They've done a pretty bad job. This is a new GM, Rand Carthon. He was a former running back. So, I trust, like, what they're seeing, but it is, like, a lot of red flags of, like, we were told something about this player medically, but the NFL teams, they probably know medical stuff better than us, right? Yep. All right, Betts, you're up. I hate this pick. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I really don't know who to take, and I've been kind of staring at a couple names and I guess I'm the tight end guy, so I will take Michael Mayer, a.k.a. Jaws, at this pick, who we previewed on the tight end show. You can listen to that. Um, it's confusing that, you know, Sam Laporta went ahead of him. I guess they the, the Lions definitely valued him more, but Mayer's a guy that was considered, you know, is it Kincaid, is it Mayer, is it Kincaid, is it Mayer? 
he didn't go that far after Dalton Kincaid. And so you're getting a huge drop off in where you have to take him to get him on your roster. Um, you know, you sit him for a couple of years, you hope he turns into something. You don't be shocked if he doesn't, but he goes to Las Vegas. They don't really have a tight end to speak of that he's going to compete with now that Darren Waller is out the door. Yeah, and the Raiders traded up to grab him because he should not have right. been at that spot. You know, Laporta going ahead of him. I love Michael Mayer, and, and this is the spot where, yeah, I don't blame you at all for taking a, a Michael Mayer. Usually, I would want these tight ends in the third round, but I think we're at a point in 2023 where the back of the second is you're you're looking at like 15% hit rates here. Yeah, it's pretty low. Mike, 209. All right, at 209, I'm going to take the guy that, Kyle, you took in real life. I will take the shot on the tiniest of tiny little baby boys. I will take Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver. He's a tank. He is. He's a, he's a little baby, little baby, baby tank. Uh, and by that, I mean 165 pounds. Uh, not his, his athleticism is not outrageous, but back to back years of over 1300 yards, double digit touchdowns in Houston. Like that's, that is a production profile that I don't think should be ignored. The Texans did not ignore it when they drafted him high in the third round, so still a day-two pick. Uh, and, again, gets to grow with C.J. Stroud. And at this point, the wide receivers left. I'm just like, ah, I mean, I don't love any of them, but all the running backs are at this point are now backups. You've taken the, the primo tight ends, in my opinion. I know there's there's one more that that other people will probably be clamming for you know, the Lions fans especially uh but I'm going to take Tank Dell right here. I I don't I like it a lot. He's kind of dropped in a lot of rankings like even on Sleeper, he's like pushed way down there, but third round draft capital like you mentioned and what is their wide receiving core in, in the Texans? Like I don't know what John Mechie is yet. Right. Nico Collins has kind of proved to us like okay, you're just a big body dude, that's it. Robert Woods and Tank Dell like it's I don't know who's the one. It, what you just described to me was, all right, John Mechie, let's go. Uh, yes. I mean, we're, yeah, I'm hopeful for, for yeah, Mechie. Yeah, for sure. I, but it, it's an offense. When I'm, like, piecing out Stroud and Young, like, I think this offense could be really bad for a couple of years. And when you miss out on some heavy draft capital trading it away, like, this team is not ready to compete still for a couple of years. They got two great picks, at two and three overall. But, um, yeah, when you're at this point, you're you're drafting based on what, you think they can be and uh, Roshan is in play for me here like in some drafts he's going in the first round mm -hmm. and that is insane to me uh, so I don't mind him in the back of the second but I will probably be taking Sam Laporta here I think that he can be the tight end one in this class I'm not declaring it but the opportunities there their tight ends there are a joke Brock Wright and James Mitchell who are just nobody so Sam Laporta has the opportunity we were shocked that he was taken before Michael Mayer, and Iowa Titans are just awesome and in general. Yeah, they they breed them right there. They do. I mean, they know how to make them into men. Uh, I love taking Iowa tight ends. I was between those two players. I would have taken Roshan Johnson ahead of Sam Laporta, uh, but those that was my decision, so it's easy for me here. Roshan Johnson, this is where he should be going. He's, he's a, he, he was the backup to Bijan. He's a big-bodied guy. He could catch the ball, and right now – the Bears don't really have a pass catcher. You could say, um, you know, oh, is Khalil Herbert the starter? Is Deonta Foreman the starter? But those two guys aren't that much to, in theory, bypass on the depth chart. And he could come in right away. 
as someone who could pass protect, catch the ball, and be the third down back and uh, maybe even a goal line back. So Roshan Johnson, not a bad pick um, at the back of the second. Where's the earliest that you would take him? Because like I said, people are, are saying he's the dude – I'm going to jump in there and take him at you know I'm seeing him at the 110 some If this was if, if this was my draft I would have taken him over um Tank Dell over over Nathaniel Dell um but right around here so you know 209 I've found myself with the running backs of where they went where the draft capital was and then let me jump in real quick of the this will be another interesting experiment of the Bijan and Jameer Gibbs notwithstanding the running backs going later and later in drafts, perhaps that is the new normal of we've always been. It's you got to be a day two guy. You got to be day two. More and more of these day three guys could emerge as the running backs are kind of appropriately valued by uh, by the NFL. But I've, you know, other than you know, like I like Kendry Miller and Charbonnet and things, but I've found myself just out, out. I, I want give me a second round wide receiver give me one of the third round wide receivers even you know uh michael wilson out of arizona or got drafted by arizona i had no idea who he was until the nfl draft but it's still i'll take that over these surefire backup running backs at this point are you sure the cardinals know who he is no i think they may have turned in the wrong draft card All right. <laughs> <laughs> michael wilson who's that <laughs> Bets finish this off. I will close this off with uh, Mr. Relevant in this draft, Jalen Hyatt, two twelve. We talked about him on the on the preview show for wide receivers. I'm not a huge fan, but when you look at this part of your rookie draft, like you're taking a guy that you can see the path and you can see the upside, and you look at what is on the Giants roster, it's a bunch of guys on short term deals that are small slot wide receivers. So. I know he'll be there next year, and I can't say that about other guys on the uh, on the list here. So I will take Jalen Hyatt, hope for the best, and uh, and plug my nose doing it. All right, so we'll we'll post that on the website, but we're gonna have one more segment here. Take it or leave it. All right, this is just a late round dart throw. So maybe somebody late third round in one quarterback drafts or maybe even guys that are undrafted and I might be battling you guys on the waiver wire for these guys. Um, yeah. Jason, who is your dude? I am going to go with Chase Brown. Uh, yep. He is in a situation behind Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. He's behind Joe Mixon and he's got his own legal troubles. Uh, he was extremely productive back who's pretty much a 90th percentile athlete, not a good draft capital, but a great landing spot, and a uh, name you should know, Chase Brown. And, uh, and he again, is... Yes, but on that depth chart is ridiculous. Is, they could still move on. for like They might do a late uh, last-second pivot away from Joe Mixon, and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, Chase Brown's set up. Uh, I'll, it's, it's, still, it's still Trey Palmer for me. The location actually... Going to Tampa Bay, I, I like it. Trey Palmer, you know, uh, yards per route run, target per route run, superstar. And what what is the Buccaneers wide receiver room going to look like next year? So it's 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 definitely a dart throw, and it's gross, and it's nasty, but I'm interested in him. All right, Bats, who you got? I hate this. I'm going to throw out <laughs> Kayshawn Booty. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that one is. Who could, who could not have had a worse – pre-draft process it, it was terrible but went to the sec broke out early and he goes to new england 
where there's just a bunch of random dudes on the roster. So, like, could you see the path if he gets his head on straight? They are pretty good at developing wide receivers there. Oh, it's the best place to go if you're a wide receiver. Um, But I've seen him go undrafted if you only have, like, three rounds in your rookie draft. I've seen him in the fourth round. If he slips through the cracks, I don't mind just throwing a complete dart there. All right, I'm getting real nasty here. I'm throwing out Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua. (laughs) I love it. Okay, who's on the depth chart there? It's really bad behind Cooper Cup. It's Van Jefferson. It's Skoranek. It's Skoranek. Hey! Tutu Atwell. I mean, there's nobody. He's still there? He's alive, man. I thought you were going to say Stetson Bennett when you said, I'm going real nasty Rams. No, so at least he has a chance. He's a big wide receiver, 6'2". He got hurt this past year at BYU, so that's kind of why he dropped the pre-draft process. But he's explosive, and I trust Sean McVay. Uh, That offense also could be really bad. Like, outside of Cooper Cup, they decided to give him no other weapons, uh, Matthew Stafford. So we'll see. At the end of your draft, it's a dart throw, and uh, who knows? Who knows it's going to be? It's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. All right, guys, we did it. We got through a mock draft, and next week we're going to be talking about some of the fallout from the draft. We'll be discussing that even more. Jason, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. It was yesterday. Thank you for tuning into the Dynasty Podcast. Make sure you go get your ultimate draft kit at ultimatedraftkit.com. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out thefantasyfootballers.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.